0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the FAMI Boards Discussion Club, a podcast created by the FAMI Boards community and for the FAMI Boards community. This will be a place for us to chill out, talk about video games, and interact with you, the community. So if you would like to get on the fun, please check out this podcast companion thread on FAMIBoards.com. To kind of introduce myself, my name is Wes I am an administrator for FAMI Boards. I've kind of been around since the beginning. You've probably seen me in the Tears of the Kingdom ST and just uh, other places around the site i um, joined today by uh, some lovely co-hosts. Um, how about you, Irene?
1: Yeah, my name is Irene and I'm a moderator and I've also been around on Family Board since the start. I like to say that I eat, breathe and sleep Zelda and I also eat, breathe and sleep Metroid. And how about you, Belly Drum? Who are you?
2: Hey there, my name is Belly Drum. I am a retired administrator and developer for Fama Boards. These days I play games, make music, and code stuff for a living. I too am a Zelda person, although I would say my favorite game on the Switch would have to be Xenoblade 2. Yes. Uh, Yeah, that's it for me. I'm excited to talk about this direct. How about you, Volcanic?
3: Hey, I'm Volcanic Dynamo. Uh, I'm a FAMI original. I've been around since the start of the forum, but um, this is the first major forum I've been on. I'm currently a moderator, and I'm also FAMI Board's self-proclaimed number one Super Mario fan. So if you've been in any Mario-related thread on the forum, there is a very high chance that I've been there. Love a lot of the Nintendo stuff, too. But um, that plumber is my main squeeze, and uh, as you can tell, I was pretty excited by this Direct.
0: Well, this would be a good Direct to be a big Mario fan, because it was a good one. But before we get into that, uh, I think it might be fun if we just kind of talk about what we've been playing lately.
1: I mean, I got in a huge Mario mood after Nintendo Mm -hmm. Direct, pretty, like, self-explanatory. So I've just been, like... Picking up some Mario games here and there, and shipping away at like save files on Galaxy One and Advance Two and uh, Sunshine, and a little bit here and there. And right now, I'm in Mario Advance Two and sort of having fun with it and enjoying like how how well designed that game is. It's just incredibly has this super airtight level design to it and everything. And I with the announcement of Super Mario Wonder, I really hope that we can get a 2D Mario game that matches Mario World, finally. That would be so cool.
0: See, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Super Mario Brothers 3, and I, I will argue with people about which is the better game.
3: We'll have to say that, we'll to say that for another podcast discussion then, because I <laughs> will throw down for Mario World, my favorite game of all time. But maybe we are making King's Fight. Speaking of which... That's true. Um, Good point. <laughs> I am playing not enough Tears of the Kingdom, and too much, or arguably just the right amount, of Picross... Um, it's nice to have a Picross game that isn't going to take me a year to finish, but um, I'm hoping I can finish Tears before Pikmin 4 comes out. But anytime I play Tears of the Kingdom, I'm always like, ooh, a shrine, ooh, a Korok, ooh, a side quest, and I still haven't done more than one dungeon. So we'll see how that
1: goes. (laughs) Finishing Tears of the Kingdom is like... Something that is hard to grasp because it really is the like game of the forever.
0: Mm-hmm. You, you don't finish Tears of the Kingdom; you just take a break from it. <laughs>
2: I had a weird experience with finishing Tears of the Kingdom, where since the minute I was able to play it, I started playing it, and I mm. just got lost in it, and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And then, absolutely, uh, you know, it was maybe a full week or week and a half where I was just like vibing doing my thing and and then i got to a specific point in the story where things kind of changed and i i felt like uh okay i have to beat this game now <laughs> i i had to mm-hmm. um solve this problem and go do it and so like that night i went and beat the game and yes. all of a sudden it was just over like, like I hit credits, and, like, it was, it was amazing, and it was incredible, and uh, I have, you know, I have a lot to say about the ending of the game, but, like, to go from this, like, free, never-ending feeling of exploration and discovery to, like, oh, crap, I got to get to the end now was a very surreal feeling, and uh, now I'm still, um, you know, doing stuff, but it's weird to all of a sudden not have, like, an ending to... go look forward to so uh, I've had a very busy past month as well so I've I've toned down on the tears of the kingdom a lot Um, Mm -hmm. but uh, besides that um, I just got Final Fantasy pixel remaster in the mail Um, I imported I imported that because I must have every Final Fantasy on the switch on a cartridge with no downloads required so I needed to get the uh, one through six on a cartridge so um i had a few flights this past month and so that was kind of my airplane game was just grinding final fantasy one i've never played them so i just decided to start on one and i think i'm like halfway through that game um you have so yeah you
1: have one hell of an experience when you get to six you really have it
2: (laughs) Uh, that's what I hear. Uh, so I'm not gonna lie, I did play like the first hour of six. Oh, really? Because I did when I was a you know a kid, younger, but I only played the beginning, and so uh, I had to just go revisit that mm-hmm. before actually starting with one. But that's all I've really played this past month is Tears of the Kingdom, and so I have
0: tried more. many times. And failed many times at getting into Final Fantasy. And I don't know why, just every time I bounce off of it. Um, and which is funny, because I've actually gotten decently into Dragon Quest, but something about Final Fantasy I just have a block with. I've tried, I remember trying, I think it was two on the DS, six, 12, and 14, just all at different points, maybe a few others, but I just. You've tried. I've not seven tried or nine. No, neither of those, and I've heard nine in particular fits what I would like, so someday, but. I don't know. Um, but as as far as what I've actually been playing, um, yeah, I, I also recently finished Tears of the Kingdom and have kind of been cooling down from that. I meant to get into get back into Octopath Traveler 2, but then I downloaded Etrian Odyssey and I've kind of been addicted to it. It's just a very <laughs> nice. chill game to like have a video or a podcast on and then uh, just like kind of pull it up and explore the labyrinth. Like I, I'm kind of enjoying it.
2: Oh, those are good. Those are good games. Those are important to have. Is just like those. Yeah, it's kind games. of like
0: Picross and like some of the other games we were talked about.
2: Yep, exactly. What I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, of course you are thinking about Picross. I feel like people who play Picross are like
3: it's it's Picross true. Picross it's guys. so true. It's you, an you identity. Start, <laughs> you pick up one of them. <laughs> I mean, and then you suddenly own all of the 3DS games, and then you start buying all of the Switch games, and then you put twenty to thirty hours into each. I don't. Entry, I don't know anything about. And then Picross. it's just it's your life. No, no thoughts. Only Picross. I don't
2: know anything about Picross. All I know is that it's like a, I mean, it's like a Puyo Puyo kind of game, or it's just like a puzzle. I really do not know a Puyo Puyo game. All I know but... is that the icons. <laughs> <laughs> all I know yeah. is all the icons look exactly the same. They are, there's like, like a nine Sudoku of almost. them, and people just like need Yeah, them all. and which like much respect. Like I could definitely see. Like mm-hmm. I'm into games like that. Uh, I just don't know anything about it, and I'm that's you know, totally that's of totally scared to scratch the surface.
0: As much as I'm sure a few people would be very excited about the co- uh, the concept, this is going to be a Nintendo Direct discussion episode rather than a Picross discussion <laughs> episode, so we might want to go ahead and get into that. I mean, it, it can be if you really want it to be, but I, th- I think we do have a bit to talk about with uh, the recent Direct.
3: Oh, we absolutely do all the pickross people just
0: they have aside, turned off play the play. podcast they have unsubscribed they, they weren't already but they subscribed to unsubscribe they're leaving angry comments on on boards right now
3: look guys trust me if you just leave some positive comments i'll get more pickross into the next into the next into next one trust me trust me on this we still got more pickross games to get through it's going to be great trust me <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right so um but yeah, we, we finally got the Nintendo Direct. Everyone was uh, kind of like, are we going to get one in June? Is Nintendo not going to do it? Because they're not sticking to the E3 schedule. But sure enough, we got our usual June Direct, and there was much rejoicing. So um, just kind of going through what uh, was shown in the Direct, they kind of started off with Pokemon Scarlet and Violet DLC. Looks interesting. I have not actually played Pokemon Scarlet or Violet yet myself, despite owning it, but I don't know if any of you have
3: strong thoughts about that. Yeah, it's kind of surprising because... I've put a pretty good amount of time into Scarlet and Violet. Um, it might be the currently the most played game on my Switch. OLED specifically. But I don't have too many thoughts about the DLC specifically. It looks neat. I saw Sentra in the trailer. I was delighted to see Sentra in the trailer. And then glad that Gligar is a version exclusive for the Scarlet DLC. Because I really like Gligar and Glycor, and that's going to be great to see them again. I feel like this is going to be something that once it comes out and I play it, I'll be pretty excited. Because the DLC was the high point of Sword and Shield. But right now, it's I'm in that place where I'm just like, this is interesting. And then I just move on to the rest of the Direct.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I... I don't know, like, everyone loved, like, Scarlet and Violet. I don't have anything against it. It It's just there were other things to play.
3: Oh, that's totally fair. Scarlet and Violet, I really like it. But I also will fully admit it's a very, very janky little game. Oh, definitely. So it definitely, you know, has its pros and its cons, so. Irene, do you have any Pokemon thoughts?
1: Here's the thing. If I ever write about Pokemon on family boards... Someone will have to contact the staff and ask who has hacked my account.
0: (laughs) Because I'm... Not not a fan?
1: No, it's not that I'm not a fan. It's like like this huge blind spot on my Nintendo radar, in a way. Which is like... That's fair. Nothing against Pokemon. I I guess it's a cool concept and, and stuff, but it's just like you are at the supermarket and you have your basket and you pick stuff, you pick like Blade, you pick Mario, you pick Zelda, <laughs> da, 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 and it's full and you, you can't fit Pokemon no, into I'm, it. Yeah.
2: I'm, I'm totally there with you. Like I have so many blind spots where like, I just kind of, I kind of keep those blind spots on the DL. Like, I don't know. I'm not going to, okay. I'm not going to start saying them because you know, <laughs> I don't want to betray my, you know, Nintendo fandom, but like, like I'll just say like, I have no idea what, um, uh, Kid Icarus is, like, like, I don't know anything about so many uh, seminal uh, Nintendo games. I'm just, like, really into the ones that I'm into and uh, don't know much about much else. Uh, Pokemon, though, that's a big one. That is, that's a big one to, to, I feel like most people who miss out on Pokemon are because of its, its generational thing. Like, um, they missed the,
1: yeah, I can, I can, I can totally see Uh, that. Yeah, uh,
2: You know, they're a little too old for it because, uh, most people who got into it when they were kids, they're into it for good. Like for me, I've been playing Pokemon since Mm
0: -hmm. red
2: and blue. Um, I mean, Pokemon silver was the first one that I, that I owned myself and, you know, I was like super hyped on the lead up to the first Pokemon movie and, and the, you know, Pokemon Gold and Silver with brand new Pokemon. And that was like my first experience with with Pokemon. I was the exact age for that. I was Mm -hmm. like nine years old. And, uh, you know, I've gone up and down on the series since then. But um, my partner and I, we play Pokemon together. She's really into it. Um, We both are. And Scarlet uh, and Violet, I thought were really good experiences. They, in a way, were exactly what I wanted from a Pokemon game. On paper, you know, I just have to compartmentalize the uh, enjoyment I get from it from like the extraordinarily budget, you know, feel of it and the janky quality. If I'm able to look past that, I see, you know, some pretty beautiful vistas and I I see what they're going for and I really like it. And that's like that's what I want from Pokemon games. But I could never, ever try to convince somebody that it's worth their money. Um, It's just for me. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I laughed when uh, Volcanic mentioned their experience because it's the exact experience that I have. It's the highest amount of hours on my Switch OLED because I train up Pokemon competitively and I uh, battle online and you know keep up with each season and stuff. And I have a little team of competitive Pokemon and I'll, I'll definitely be playing the DLCs. But at the same time, when I saw it, I was like, when I saw it in the direct, and it opened the direct, it was the most like, oh, okay, cool reaction I could have had because at, at this point, playing Pokemon games is, is so incredibly routine that it's, um, you know, the most exciting part is like the lead-ups to them and the reveals of like new generations and new games uh, because playing them is like very enjoyable to me, but it's enjoyable in the same way that it's been for years and I'm sure that this DLC will be the same. It's, it's like the same old, same yeah.
0: old, one, you know. So speaking of games that showed up in the Direct and you're kind of like, oh yeah, that, that's the thing that's in the Direct, there were quite a few of them. Like uh, obviously there were some highlights, but um, you know, they did kind of, their rushing through and we had like Palea, we had uh, Silent Hope, we had just kind of a bunch of uh, smaller games. Did anyone have any thoughts that they really kind of wanted to shout out about like kind of the non-focused games that were shown in the Direct?
1: Uh, I definitely want to shout out for Star Ocean.
0: Oh, hell yeah.
2: I,
1: I think that's the same issue with the basket in the supermarket. There's so much JRPGs to focus on that you can't really commit time to everything, everywhere. You know, like you're into everything and then someone is like, you should play Trails. You're like that too. And uh, But Star Ocean is one of the things I've never touched or never thought twice about but I was really really into and intrigued by Star Ocean the Second Story R uh it looked uh it looked amazing the graphic yeah I agree uh, graphically it looked stellar
2: I saw a lot of people online describing it as just another HD 2D game and how tired they are of HD 2D games that is not HD 2D Star Ocean the Second Story R is not HD 2D graphics because they have sprites, and because it is in HD, does not make it an HD 2D game. Actually looks a lot more interesting and dynamic and bespoke than the three
0: or so is, HD Is 2D Star Ocean even a Square Enix IP?
1: No. Because no, I think...
0: Yeah. I don't know. I, well, I, I think HD you. 2D is like, yeah, it's like a copyrighted thing by Square Enix. So if, if it's not, it, it couldn't be, obviously, but...
2: No, it's it's definitely not um, in in that engine. It's I mean, it, it may be inspired by the uh, the recent popularity of that look, but it's definitely uh, unique in that regard. Um, I'll definitely be picking it up because I really like the first Star Ocean. Mm-hmm. Haven't beaten it. Um, haven't even played it until it came out on the Switch. But I that one did make me excited too. And uh, you mentioned uh, Palea. That is such a like breeze over game. Um, I f- forgot it existed until just now, but I remember, uh, seeing it, it made me think of like, uh, Disney Dreamlight Valley or, um, that one square Enix farming, which one game. Uh, <laughs> That's a good but, question. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, the one, uh, uh Harvestella. Yeah. Harvestella. So it, and it made me think of Harvestella, Uh, but this one seemed kind of neat because, well, first of all, I would, I would never pick up this game by myself, but, uh, my partner plays Disney Dreamlight Valley, Cozy Grove, uh, Stardew Valley, Baron Breakfast, played a lot of New Horizons. She's really into like those kinds of comfy games with lots of stuff to do. And, uh, I think the fact that you can play with other people and invite each other to your houses without like a three-minute loading screen, it seems really nice. Um, and that's, like, something that is attractive about that game to me. Other other than that, it looks straight up like Fortnite, Stardew, or uh, Dreamland. Yeah,
0: Party. it's one of those games that, like, I feel it's covering an entirely different demographic that I'm not a part of, that, like, I... Yeah, but like, yeah, that looks interesting. I'm not quite interested in the semi-MMO, cozy farm, like, life simulator
3: game. I will say that uh, I have a friend... And uh, who has played um, the early access of Paleo on PC. And she said she really liked it. So, they went, so Paleo went from a game that I wasn't paying too much attention to, to. Huh, this might be interesting to check out down the line. Would that be on the Switch or on PC? I'm not sure. But I think that that was at least... A promising sign that someone I knew was kind of into it. Uh, and speaking of games that I probably wouldn't play on my own, but if I had a friend or a group of friends to play it with, I'd probably be interested. Um, out of the smaller games, one of the ones that really caught my attention was MythForce. I'm not a big first person person. I'm not a big roguelike person with besides a few exceptions, but the cartoon aesthetic of that game was just very intriguing and very appealing and the whole thematics around the game seemed particularly uh, appealing so I might give that one a shot when it comes around if I can scrounge up a few buddies who are willing to play it with me
0: myth force looks cool like it's it's a game that like I could definitely see myself wanting to play if I had other people that wanted to play it. I, I love the aesthetic I can get into roguelikes if I'm in the certain kind of mood for it and I think it was kind of sold pretty well for being one of the more minor games shown in the direct.
3: Yeah, agreed. A couple other um, things that sort of piqued my interest outside of the big ones. Um, that uh, bird game, Headbangers Rhythm Royale, looks hilarious. So oh, I'll be yes. paying oh my God. attention to that.
2: I thought that looked,
0: I thought that looked it, so it dumb. It gives me like <laughs> Fall Guys vibes. Yeah.
2: Um, I will say that the one part where they were... Bottles, like soda bottles mm. and they were shaking.
3: Oh yeah. Uh, it was hilarious. Oh yeah, WarioWare isn't on our discussion list. I'm highly excited for the new WarioWare. Oh yeah. Um a sequel to Smooth Moves.
2: Oh, that was WarioWare, not the that was the the soda shaking game was WarioWare. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was WarioWare. Names, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, so I have nothing for Headbangers with them around. So
0: <laughs> I, I cannot recommend WarioWare enough for people that have, are, like, aware of it but haven't tried it. It is a lot of fun once you actually, like, get into playing it, especially um, especially like if you're playing it with, like, friends and stuff.
3: Oh, for sure. I'm mostly surprised they're coming out with a new one so soon after Get It Together happened. I mean, I'm not complaining, but... Um... I think they're
0: pretty cheap to make, if I had to guess.
3: They're also pretty different. You know, they're different like Super Mario
2: Party and Mario Party Superstars were. Super Mario Party required use of Joy-Con, and Mario Party Superstars was like, you know, pro controller uh, compatible. And this definitely s- seems like a uh, two very different types of uh, interfacing with the mi- micro games. So I think that kind of justifies. Oh, their for sure. And releases.
3: I'm really glad that we get to have this range of releases, especially since not Everyone liked get it together that much. I stuck around for all the 52 weeks of those like tournament matches, but um Oh you did that? I, I did every single one. And you are a champion. Thank you. Whoa. Had to I had to post about it Whoa. every week. That, that's that's had to very, post about like, it Picross. every week in the in the in the ST, you know? You kind of had to.
2: Oh, that was you that was posting. That was you that was making all those, those consistent best. posts. I tried my best, yeah. Wasn't it? I remember that. I, I I admired that. I will say I admired uh, that somebody was like consistently playing each each week. And actually, it was your uh, it was because of you doing that that I would pop in and remember to do those sometimes. So,
3: see, see Nintendo, you know, I'm great at advertising um, your games. I'm expect yeah. the check in my inbox in my mail by next week. Uh, before we,
2: before we shift into Mario mode, I did want to say uh, one thing that did very much subvert my expectations was uh, Just Dance 2024. I thought that game very much looked uh, like Just Dance's Breath of the Wild.
1: That's a take. Okay. Um,
2: they uh, very much are reinventing themselves and are likely to bring in a lot of new players and satisfy their existing player base. I think that's uh, very much looking forward to where they take the series that's from the here the on re- out. That's the real systems. Uh But seriously, I, I did think that it is, I do think it's very bold of Nintendo... To uh, invite thousands, if not you know, a hundred thousand people, to watch a Nintendo Direct mm. live, only to force us to sit through uh, a Splatoon three <laughs> announcement. Okay,
0: okay. okay. <laughs> I
2: think I think that's very. Um, I, I think it's very like uh, it. It just shows Nintendo's uh, boldness. I think uh, to. To like innovate with Splatoon 3 by allowing us to click in the left stick to skip the uh, um, announcements for the first time in this series, but still to bring us into a direct and have us sit through something that we literally cannot skip again. That, that just is so.
0: So, the, to me. Uh, yeah, they announced the Splatfest. The choices were vanilla, strawberry, and chocolate mint. And I I enjoy chocolate mint as much as the next person. But man, chocolate fans absolutely robbed and devastated.
3: Um, well, maybe they shouldn't be because... Uh, is it because of the color? No, it's absolutely because of the color, for sure. They they would oh, not yeah. with I, that ink color.
0: But honestly... I mean, they did, they did mayonnaise and ketchup once,
3: like... Yeah, but I don't know. It could also be visibility with, the, with brown ink. I mean, hey, it doesn't hey. really matter because everyone knows that chocolate would lose because it's the worst ice cream flavor. Team vanilla for life, by the way. Fair. Team
1: vanilla. It's,
0: yeah, I can see people doing it for that specific reason. Um, So before we jump into Mario RPG, I have a couple quick, uh, just a couple quick takes I kind of wanted to get out. So, uh, which one was it? Uh, Silent Hope. They have a part where they show a large abyss and they dive into it and end up in an underworld. And literally everyone thought of Tears of the Kingdom. Am, Am I correct? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just wanted yeah. to make sure I, I wasn't the only one. And aside from that, uh, I, I was going to talk about how just the sheer robbery of the uh, chocolate fans for Splatoon three, and I don't think anyone really was excited for Detective Pikachu. It, it, aside from we already had the Pokemon talk, but it looks worse than the three DS game.
2: I, I was wondering if we were actually going to go through the whole thing not mentioning. Detective I, I just Pikachu wanted to. I, I
0: just kind of wanted to get that take out there.
3: You're not wrong. I was watching the trailer during the direct, and I was looking at this, and I was wondering, wait, is this a sequel, or is this just a port of the original game? Because it looks like a 3DS game. Then I went back, I looked at the 3DS game, and I'm like, wait a minute, the 3DS game in some regards, at least in terms of like a lot of the color choices, kind of looks more pleasing than this one. This... I mean, I think it might be just the lack of lighting on most of these models, but it kind, but the game kind of looks like it's very rough. That doesn't mean anything about the gameplay because I've never played Detective Pikachu 1, you know, late era 3DS release. So maybe Detective Pikachu Returns will be a really fun game, and I'm hoping that's the case, especially for the uh, Detective Pikachu fans. Um, but I'm definitely taking a sort of wait and see approach on that because I'm not really sure about how I feel about it. I'm gonna be real with you. I thought it looked like duty. <laughs> okay, I. It let's really pay bad
0: no more time right, to Detective opinion. Pikachu. It doesn't need it. Um, let's let's talk about happy things like Super Mario RPG.
1: Wait, 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 wait. We need to talk. Oh. Just one last take. <laughs> okay. Okay. We need to talk about everybody one two. Never mind.
3: Okay, <laughs> I can't believe we got through this whole discussion and we haven't even brought up Pikmin four. We're going to. I
0: figured that would be a larger point because that was introduced a little later in the. Oh, record. that's
3: fair. Um, should I wait to mention Penny's big breakaway then, or does that count as a go. highlight? Or should go for um, it. Um, uh, it's the next game by the Sonic Mania dev team, and that already is enough for me to be interested. But it also just looks really good um they're getting a lot of use out of using a yo-yo as a mechanic for attacking for moving for doing all sorts of different things and if i trust any team to know about good movement and momentum in a platforming space um it's evening star especially after not having them do sonic superstars which does look really good by the way um i was kitching to know about what they do next i'm glad i didn't have to wait much longer after the announcement of superstars so um, really glad they got a direct spot uh might be my second favorite game of the direct actually
0: so that game does look pretty interesting and great like i liked the animation style i liked the gameplay i saw if i were to be entirely honest if they hadn't said it was by the sonic mania team i probably wouldn't be quite as interested because there are a whole bunch of You know, the 3D platform revival games that kind of like Ukulele, like Hat and Time and stuff, that came out that people were excited about that I didn't quite latch onto in the same way.
3: That's fair. I was kind of digging in already before they said that it was the Sonic Mania team, but no, I totally understand. But I do think that this one feels like solidly scoped. They know what they're going for. Oh, this is a linear game. Here's, you know, we're going to focus on the movement, do all that kind of stuff. And I think that's helpful.
0: Okay, and, and yeah, that's fair. Um, and you had brought up Sonic Superstars. Uh, we, we might as well mention that real quick. I, I do have to say that, like, the game looks good. I am a classic Sonic stan. I never, I, I played like a little bit of adventure and never got into any of the other three D games. So I'm, I, I'm that person. <laughs> but um, I, it, it looks fine. It looks, apparently the feedback's been good for um, playtesters and stuff, or people who played it at demos, Um, and it was for, like, a bright and shining moment, the premier 2D platformer that was going to release this year, and then the
3: plumber said no, but we'll get to that. The plumber said, hey, we're going to release a game in the same week. Uh, Well, let's-a go, all right? (laughs) This was the year Mario chose violence,
0: (laughs) like, whether it be in the movie theaters, whether it be... Releasing, you know, uh, uh, Mario Wonder alongside Spider-Man Two and Sonic Superstars, and even Mario RPG is releasing the same day as Persona Five ta- or Tactica.
3: Mario just chose violence this he year. Honestly, good, Absolutely. good for him. Good for him because I've been sitting do, through these past few directs waiting for a substantial Mario announcement. And was like, oh, here's another course of the Mario Kart 8 Booster Course – Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Booster Course Pass DLC. And don't get me wrong. I love Mario Kart. I made that ST for a reason. But I'm still sitting there. I'm just like, I'm waiting. When's the next big one? And then they just reveal like four or five Mario projects coming to the Switch. And now I'm just like, yes.
0: I have to ask this of the group who has actually played Super Mario RPG?
3: Played about half of it. Uh me.
0: Okay. I have. Irene, did you play it?
1: Uh actually no.
0: Okay, so I am excited for everyone who has not played through it because it is a delightful game. Woo! And the re the remake looks very faithful to that.
1: Yeah. That's great.
3: The first thing that really like struck me about the about the remake is, oh, hey, they're really splitting the difference between, oh, something that's clearly meant to be more of the modern Mario art style, you know, the all the Mario characters got, like, a character update, but they still keep that a super deformed, sort of cutesy look that the pre-rendered sprites uh, went for, and I think it looks great. I'm very glad that it's not an HD oh, yeah. 2D game like some people were suggesting. That idea never really made sense to me. Oh yeah! No, they made him a short little guy, and everyone is short little guys important. in this game, and it's delightful. And he looks like his sprite yeah. in the game, and all the all the characters do. Besides, obviously, the, a lot of the Mario characters being updated, the original NPCs look look basically the same. All of the Toads, you know, there are a couple shots with the Toads that actually look pretty much just like they did in the original. I think the only exception is that they made. The made the mushroom retainers in the castle besides the Toad wear red vests to differentiate them from Toad, which is actually more diverse than the original game, so props to that. But the Toads, all the other NPCs look like, Boshi looked right, all the enemies looked right. Mm -hmm. Especially after having to few people worry about like the Mario & Luigi remakes, which made slight changes, but... You know, made mostly just slight changes, but otherwise kept it. But that being pushed is, like, a really significant deal. And then, to be fair, in some regards, it was pretty significant, some of the changes. It's nice to see that this one is updating, but still keeping a lot of the same stuff from the original. And that makes me excited, even as somebody who's only played, like, half of the original.
2: Well, that that kind of brings up a thought that I had. Um, I had this discussion uh, yesterday actually. So I wanted to get your guys' opinion on this. I wanted to get your opinions on this. Um, so uh, this is a remake through and through where they're completely rebuilding it from the ground up. That that much is clear. But it is very much a one-to-one as faithful as possible to the original mm-hmm. game. Uh, much like Link's Awakening for a Nintendo Switch was. And Uh, In in terms of remakes, that can mean several things. Uh, For example, you have the Final Fantasy VII remake, which is a complete reimagining of the concepts, or not the concepts, but it's like a complete reimagining of the action and the uh, locations and even the gameplay itself, almost to the point where by remake, they mean we are doing what, we couldn't do because of the limitations of the hardware whereas this remake of Super Mario RPG is we're ignoring what we can do now because we don't have those limitations and instead we are recreating exactly what the hmm. game was but with a new coat of paint and uh I wanted to get your thoughts on if you think that's a good thing or a bad thing or I always or something think else.
1: that uh Remakes can be a case of if it's not broke, don't fix it. But it can also be a case of if it's not broke, fix it anyway, because we want to. Uh, So remakes are like a gradient of, two gradients of how much do you want to improve upon it, and also how much do you want to change. And in the case of uh, Super Mario RPG, I haven't played it, obviously. But where it falls on these two gradients, or gradients, sorry, is that they... Don't think that, yeah, if it's not broke, don't fix it in terms of the core central game. But the overhaul of the graphics is a concrete creative choice. I think any game, in a way, can benefit from a complete reimagining because you can do so much with something while still keeping the original visions and stuff intact. Uh, But in terms of Super Mario RPG, I think it's an active decision to not fix when ain't broke in terms of the base game so I think that it's a choice that they have made just like with Link's Awakening Switch which you brought up that it's a choice that they have actively made that you have to like wonder that if they would take huge liberties with it would it be make the game better or make the game worse and some people might say that doing a remake like, uh, like that is playing it safe, while others might feel like, yeah, it's good that they're playing it safe and just sticking to overhauling the graphics. So it's a difference of opinion depending on how much creative liberties the team wants to take with the word and the concept remake.
0: Yeah, so I think it really ties into what I view as Nintendo's philosophy when it comes to remakes in that they really want to preserve the experience And um, that's why Link's Awakening is the way it is. They just wanted to make Link's Awakening accessible with, like, modern conveniences, but still keep the game intact for new audiences. Because they're like, Nintendo's like, we make games, we make really good games, and the games continue to be good Mm -hmm. well after they've aged a bit. We just want to bring that forward to a new audience. And granted, this is technically Square Enix, but this, it's a Mario game. It's going to have Nintendo's input on how they proceed.
1: And Prime Remastered was the same thing.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Prime Remastered was also one-to-one. I was completely happy. with I couldn't have been happier with Link's Awakening on the Switch. Link's Awakening is in my top three favorite games oh, of all really? time. Um, oh, really? It's very close to my heart. And to have Link's Awakening be one of the first Zelda games on the Switch was like, it It made my year for me. I mean, like, it's. I've played and beaten it so many times now, and uh, it just brings me back to when I was a kid, playing it on my Game Boy in the car. And um, to have it be one-to-one like that is exactly what I wanted, you know? I would have been happy with a direct port of the game, like the Game Boy version. Would have been happy with that. And we did get that too, actually. But I imagine that people who like feel that same way about um, Super Mario RPG uh, feel the same way. Who They would have been happy with uh, a direct port. But just to have the game be one-to-one but you know look nicer Uh, seems like it was a good idea and from what i can tell the consensus is that everybody seems extremely happy Mm. with yeah i've
0: been i've I've been watching like online reactions and twitter talk and everything about the game and it definitely seems like it was maybe it, it seems like it was the dark horse big announcement of the direct like obviously i think nintendo thought it was going to be a big announcement they gave it a huge framing but i think it's bigger than they thought it would be like um it's already apparently the top game on like amazon's uh, bestsellers list it's above mario world it's above final fantasy 16 and tears of the kingdom right now it's blowing up huge in a way i think they didn't expect
3: yeah mario is that just that game that has such reverence behind it, such fan adoration. This is something that when <laughs> I was a very little kid who was born a little before Mario RPG came out, but was way too young to play it. I go on and I see like early Mario fan spaces and people just talk about and gosh, about Super Mario RPG as this big event. And it sold pretty well back in the day too, especially for like an RPG release in North America and one not released, you know, in Europe and Australia. So the hype has really been there. And now to see it like really beautiful and you got the remix Shoko Shimamura music and the slight UI tweaks that will also like make certain things like more approachable, like knowing which attacks are blockable and unblockable and stuff like that. I think this has a chance to, like, be really successful. You never know with, like, a, like a late-era, like, Switch game or what is something that is technically a spin-off, But I'm feeling pretty good about this game's chances. I think it'll at least easily outsell the original's two or so million copies.
0: Yeah, I expect it to be the best-selling Mario RPG in general. Like, um, I hadn't played, when I first played it, I played it on the SNES Mini. That that was my first time playing through. I had come in with the perspective of being a fan of the Paper Mario games. And I figured this was going to be like proto-Paper Mario. It was going to be like more simplified, more safe. And it's not. It goes places. It is ambitious. Like, you will be surprised playing it.
3: But the best way I could put it, and this may be either a good thing or a bad thing, Depending on um, how you, how anyone feels. Because I feel like the Paper Mario and Mario and the Ouija games are Mario RPGs, while Super Mario RPG is an RPG with Mario in it. A lot of the stuff that was introduced... Um, for those two games like the timed hits and the platforming on the overworld are there but it's still very much filtered through the lens of oh yeah this is an SNES Squaresoft RPG and that and again that could be either a good thing or a bad thing but I will say um, it's a pretty good uh, beginner friendly RPG but it's also really charming so um, Irene if you really like RPGs and you want an RPG but with Mario in it I think Super Mario RPG will serve you and everyone else really well.
1: I mean, I do really, really love Origami King. So everything speaks towards me absolutely jumping on the Mario RPG RPG remake. Because I was like a total noob on Mario RPG games in general. But then I was like, yeah. You know, you have, I think most of us have had a voucher situation with Tears of the Kingdom. Where you go like, oh, voucher, yeah, save money. And you're you're sitting there like, ah, uh, what do I use it on? And I was kind of taking a haven't really thought much about Origami King, but I took a shot, and I I'm loving that game. It's so good.
0: Oh, that's awesome! You're <laughs> glad.
2: It's so. Was that your first? Was, was yeah, that your first yeah, my game first in the Mario, you know, yeah. story I'm RPG realm.
1: Touched uh, our Mario RPG or Mario Luigi RPG before that. So Origami King is just such a good game with. Uh, divisive combat system, but that I personally really adore. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, I I stand as the only person um, in the world who... You do not stand alone. ...throughout the entire game.
0: (laughs) I also liked it.
2: So, (laughs) both of us then. Uh, I think uh, just the Rubik's Cube Uh nature of it just felt, you know, comfy. It was just a good thing to do between, you know, walking around. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I liked it. I liked that game. Uh, I I played it and beat it, and then uh, my partner also played it separately and beat it, and um, we both very much enjoyed it. And I mean, I grew up playing Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, um, and I've I've always thought as that as thought of that as sort of the you know my ideal Mario RPG experience. Uh, I've played Super Mario RPG, but I got uh, about halfway through. I never owned it, but I I see the Mario and Luigi games as like the successor to, uh, the Super Mario RPG game. And, you know, they've, they've changed a lot over the years, but I, I think that the spirit of Mario has been consistent, uh, throughout all of it. Like the, the, the characters are so lovable and, um, you know, in Super Mario RPG all the way to mm-hmm. the Origami King. Um, yeah, the, they are. The jokes are funny for the most part in the games that I've played. Um, I thought parts of Origami King were genuinely hilarious. Like I literally laughed out loud at several moments. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to revisit Super Mario RPG and actually, you know, beat it this time. Um, Mallow is my favorite character by far. Um, I think that he is uh, cute and adorable and the whole idea of his sort of character arc is a hilarious uh, take on, you know, classic hero's Mm -hmm. journey tropes um, and, uh, you know, with uh, Frogfusius and uh, I think that whole storyline is hilarious and that's always kind of what stuck out to me about that game. Was the characters and not necessarily the I'm curious the
0: how system. people will view Gino because uh, Gino's obviously like memetically popular these days uh, because of the smash campaign and just you know the reputation of the game itself to the point where I think people are going to be surprised how he's actually characterized in the game because he's he's not like a crazy like violent badass like he kind of is portrayed online because you know he has like guns for hands, but um
3: no, he's actually like a chill cool dude yeah. Uh, the impression I always got of Geno, as someone who's only played a little bit of Mario RPG is that he is probably the coolest a Mario character is allowed to get. <laughs> but he's not. He's definitely not like an edgy character. But he, uh, compared to all of the cute little scrimble Bimblos, mm-hmm. he gets the he gets the cool one, and I, that already immediately is like a massive appeal. You can tell what that little Toad likes playing with the Geno doll, and that's why he, that's his favorite. And they're gonna make sure you know that. Who was it that said Gino is the Boba Fett? I,
0: I did see that, and TV? yeah, that's that is a very apt description.
3: Very, very funny.
2: Yeah, I never, I never got the appeal. Well, I get the appeal of mm-hmm. Gino. You know, he's the badass, cool guy. I just don't know how you can look at the ensemble cast and and not immediately see <laughs> Mallow and think that is the funniest it, thing that I've ever seen
3: in a game that like, it helps know. in the
0: game itself that Gino is one of the more powerful
3: characters, but sometimes people just don't appreciate a cute yeah. little boy. And I think people need to appreciate like, him more.
0: If I recall, I didn't use Mallow too much, but Mallow has kind of like a very utilitary power or utility powers and is a little more like wild cardish. ish. So he's more technical to play as than say the, I think I had kind of the ideal setup where it's Mario peach and Gino.
3: So what you're saying is that people not loving Mallow is a skill issue. I understand now.
0: I think that's I think that's fair to say, actually. But Shoot. um, <laughs> I
2: think I think if you're not using I think if you're not using Mallow, you have higher <laughs> skill because you're you're not using the most powerful mm-hmm. character in the game. Um, I mean, I don't I don't I don't actually know who's the most powerful character in the game. Character name. I when I played Mario RPG, I was not into RPGs at the time. Growing up, I only really played Pokemon and, like, some Super Nintendo RPGs. But uh, it wasn't until, like, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 that I started getting obsessed with RPGs and revisiting RPGs of the past and buying every single one on the Switch that I could. And, but, yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely going to be revisiting this game with, like, the technical mechanics aspects in mind.
1: It took me forever to realize that you were not talking about Malo from Twilight Princess.
0: Oh, no.
3: (laughs) Very, very different Mario RPG.
0: (laughs) All right. So um, I'll kind of use that to uh, we'll we'll move on a (laughs) bit from Mario RPG. But immediately after they talked about Mario RPG, they announced two more games, which were the uh, untitled Princess Peach game and a port of Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon.
3: I'm really glad that we're finally getting another Princess Peach game, even if we know barely anything about it. It's just it's been so long since Super Princess Peach. We know that game has a uh, reputation, despite it's a fine game. But yeah, a little, a little stereotypical. So to have mm-hmm. something yeah. new, like Magical Girl stage play style kind of deal, very appealing. Looking forward to it. Wish we knew more.
0: That's it, it, kind of the thing. We we don't really know too much about it. It's it's. I've heard people speculating it might be like a river city style brawler because of the side scrolling it could be anything else oh, I and mean, i'd, be, I'd be down for that but they just kind of showed peach walking across the stage they showed her standing on a spot doing some kind of magical girl transformation they're like and that's all you get they didn't
2: even show us what she
3: transformed a into
2: stage
1: left us with a cliffhanger
3: yeah exactly like, like any good play would honestly I- it's heard- all it's all tied together
2: I've seen mostly positive responses to the Peach game, which is surprising given how little they showed and told us. Uh, I think that's. Uh, I got the impression that the Peach game and the Dark Moon HD game uh, were probably late additions to the direct. And my my impression that I got was that, uh, as far as I understood, they had an investors meeting or a quarterly meeting later that week and uh they really wanted to get it out there that yes they are bringing a lot of mario stuff to the switch and they even drilled it in by saying mario fans have a lot to look forward to and they they wanted to make it clear to investors and and everybody who was concerned about the fact that there was no Mario on the Nintendo slate. has
0: forgotten about Mario, <laughs> you
2: know that that they wanted they wanted to make it clear that um, they they are indeed bringing a lot of Mario stuff to the switch. and so I think that's kind of why they they didn't quite have something ready to show, but they had they felt like they had to show something anyway, and that's why we got what we got.
0: No, I, I think that's totally fair. Um, I wouldn't. I, I don't want to start this speculation, but I wouldn't be surprised if that could even potentially be a next-generation Switch game. Um, just because they were kind of really coy about it, like nothing about the visuals jumped out to me. I'm just kind of thinking the relative timing of it.
2: Uh, it they were they were totally showing t- Switch Two footage. <laughs> that was totally, yeah, without a doubt. That was it. it could that
0: that well? It, it's obviously. not even that. I, I think uh, <laughs> I don't know. It, it was just kind of a thought I had where. Um, Like you said, it seemed like a game they announced because they kind of want to capitalize on the Mario momentum that we have right now with the movie making a ton of money with just people being high on the brand. It's like, yes, these are coming, but I could see this not having been planned as a game coming anytime soon for that reason.
3: Yeah. I I could see it potentially being like a cross-gen, like an early cross-gen title. I guess it really depends on if it will hit, absolutely hit 2024 or not. The fact that the glimpse we did see was of game was of like actual like straight up gameplay is a promising sign. Maybe that's maybe that's a sign that it will come out in a reasonable clip. But again, we don't know for certain. And the Dark Moon port, it's neat. Um, it's pretty known quantity. Oh, God, it really yeah. has been a decade since that game came out. Really, are a decade out from the fabled year of Luigi, aren't we? I'm
0: um, gonna. I'll get it. I'll I'll definitely pick up the game. I never finished it on the 3DS. I played like the first couple missions and then it kind of just fell off, which that's not to say it's a bad game. I just lost interest, but I'll probably pick it up on the switch just to, you know, kind of have them all and have like, so that I, I would have played through the whole series.
3: It was a fun 20 out. It was a fun 20-ish hours, you know, and that was pretty enjoyable. Uh, speaking of like having it all on the switch, we're getting a lot of Pikmin, huh? <laughs>
0: Yes, the all of the pikmin except for uh, hey pikmin which that's probably fine with the pikmin fans. Yeah, we,
3: we don't talk about hey pikmin. <laughs> okay,
0: so I'm going to I'm I'm just going to put this out there. The only pikmin I've completed is pikmin 3. I I've I think I've like dabbled a bit in the first game, never touched the second game, so I'm a relative pikmin casual. Yeah, actually same.
2: Well, I don't I don't know if I don't know if I'd call that casual. I mean, well, I've also only beaten Pikmin 3. I've never touched the other two or Pikmin 3 Deluxe is the only one that I've played, but I've 100% every absolutely everything mm. that you can do in that game and and beaten the 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 story mode multiple times. Like I've done everything you can do in Pikmin 3 Deluxe, even the multiplayer hearts and like i absolutely love that game to me that is a, it's a very game. good make game. that pikmin
3: and make that uh, pikmin three of us because yeah. pikmin three is also the only <laughs> pikmin game that i've actually finished basically 100 percent. though on the wii u version i own two i was very bad at it as a kid and i've only ever rented one uh, so the fact that we're getting the ports is pretty good though i am going to be waiting for that physical release in september you, you can't you Same. can't you can't fool me with that sh- with Same that uh, shadow drop you can not get me with metroid you're not going to get me with Pikmin. I'm going to wait. Um Irene, uh can we make that a Pikmin 4 out of 4? Or is this going or would these do Pikmin games be your first experience with the franchise?
1: I'm going to be super contrarian and say that Oh boy. I hate not, Pikmin. <laughs> no, no, not that I hate <laughs> Pikmin, but I have only finished Pikmin 1 and never touched Pikmin 3. So so okay. I, yeah, so I'm com- Oh, you're OG. I'm completely the opposite of you all and super Classic and Super OG and everything like that. Pikmin 1 is a stone cold classic that I cannot recommend enough. It's It also has that, like, uh, Nintendo was on fire during the GameCube years. They really were. And they had such a willingness to experiment and just throw out wild, wild stuff here and there. And Pikmin really, really shows how they can just go... And to completely nail a concept when they're super confident in it, and I know it's a uh, watersheder with the time limit, but as someone who <laughs> likes time limits in games, hello, Majora's Mask. Uh, I I think it serves a good purpose from a game design standpoint that it causes like intentional stress that contributes to the experience. I think, and yeah, and I I really think it adds to. Pikmin 1 feeling, like, stressful in a good way, and it makes you feel like the goal, goals you're accomplishing really matters. And I I just think... I'm glad that the Shadow Drop happened, and also glad that you're getting the physical release in when that, that releases, uh, because yeah. it's so good.
3: Yeah, I feel like Pikmin 1 is going to be a game that... I'm going to appreciate a lot more as an adult because when you're renting a game for a week and you're bad at video games and you see all your Pikmin die and there's a time limit and you're just like, oh no, <laughs> what am I going to do? What am I going to do? But now that I am hopefully better at video games than I was when I was like 20 years younger, oh my God, time flies, um, I'll be able to like really get into it. And maybe I'll finally beat Pikmin 2 as well. Um, so that'll be pretty good. And hey, you know what they say? One plus three equals four. And Pikmin Four is looking really good.
1: Oh, I it does. I loved what they showed with Pikmin Four. I, I adore it. They they just knocked it out of the park with that game and showed so much cool stuff that you can do and introduced like all these new concepts with the glow of Pikmin and how they contribute to like making night time a part of the experience in a way that feels frightening but still like has its purposes. People
0: talk a lot about how Zelda has a confusing timeline. I want to talk about the Pikmin timeline <laughs> because it like the first game seems to be like a post-apocalyptic earth and then they kind of maintain that and then the new one's just in like a modern day house like it doesn't look like anything it, it just yeah it, it just seems like now it's just straight up earth like modern day
2: I noticed I noticed that too. Um the the first thought I had was like, okay, if there's like some apocalyptic event that happened or whatever, it must have just happened or something. But then I immediately caught myself and realized that just like the Zelda timeline stuff, I oh. literally do not care and yeah. it does not matter to me. And uh all I care about is if the game is fun. <laughs>
0: And so I yeah, think they're, it's... like, just straight up that the planet that Pikmin takes place on, the one that we is for all intents and purposes Earth, it has some weird time stuff going on in-universe. Because I think from, like, all of Mars' perspective, there's not a long gap between Pikmin 1 and 2, but apparently it's, like, thousands of years on the planet for some reason, like, just that they gauged it. So there's, like, time, time dilation, dilation, but also maybe going back in time and stuff too like so whatever happened to the pikmin world was weird and messed with time
3: well and yeah it's a definitely interesting mix as hey in the in i still remember playing pikmin 2 even a little bit i had hey i was collecting pristine looking nintendo objects and uh duracell batteries which are now um you know brand free in the uh, in the in the in the new version because we don't want to pay those licensing fees and uh, Skippy That's and funny. perfectly unopened jars and clean of Skippy peanut butter. So whatever makes the game more fun in terms of oh let's do some fun level design let's change up how things work like this being set in a house and even the caves being like oh this looks kind of like the basements and internal workings of the house. Whatever makes it more let's fun, add a dog. I'm for it. Bring it on. Fun and cool
2: always uh, precedes timelines, you know, lore consistency in my eyes. Like, I that's why I play Nintendo games is because they prioritize fun and the experience of gameplay over um, some like Star Wars or Marvel level timeline or, or anything like that. That I, yeah, yeah I and, and you get a dog, you get a cute
3: little Lochi. Oh, Ochi. He's my new buddy. Mm-hmm. I want to go, but I should, I'm really tempted to buy that plush. And hold him in my there's an there plush? is an Ochi plush oh. on Amazon oh Japan. God. And I, I'm so close to buying it. If you go it's on the Cine, if you go on the Cine thread, um there's a link to it that shows pictures. And there's also one of the Water Pikmin. They're so cute, and I want it. I'm so tempted. I'm so close. That to is getting it. That is interesting
0: information.
2: Um before we finish up talking about the Mario stuff, um, I think is there anything else, any other games or anything that anybody there was else wants to
0: some There was some decent showing for third parties and games I'm vaguely interested in. There was uh, the Metal Gear Solid Collection.
3: Nice to have that port over, um, yeah.
0: It's a series I've always oh, kind yeah. of wanted to get into, but just haven't, so I might pick that up. Uh, same with the Batman Arkham games.
3: So many people are going to be playing yeah. this for the first and, time. And then
0: uh, Vampire Survivors is probably, it, it's a nice thing to have on Switch as well.
3: I think the uh, seeing the co-op really does just justify that port over just being, like, mm-hmm. a PC, Android. Is it on Xbox? I remember looking it up before the recording. I thought it was on Xbox, but I don't actually know. But um, still, uh, you know, like you said, nice to have um, anything else that's really big. Oh, Dragon Quest Monsters. I'm not, like, a big Dragon Quest oh, yeah. person personally, but the one Dragon Quest game I put really a significant amount of time into was Dragon Quest Monsters Joker back on DS. So it's kind of nice to, like see another dragon quest monsters game even if i'm not gonna rush to pick this one up it's talking to some people apparently this one is like tied into dragon quest 4 in some way um i think it had
0: the hero from it they showed at the end yeah. of the trailer
3: so that's pretty neat don't know much about that but hey it's kind of fun with these i know a lot of these uh dragon quest spin-offs have been like like the builders game has been like tying into some of the numbered entries more so i think that's pretty neat. builders is
0: great and yeah, I'm just gonna give a quick shout out to Builders 2, in particular. I really love that game.
3: Oh, those games were awesome. Uh, they came out kind of
2: early in the Switch lifespan, and I think it was it was just a nice little, cute Dragon Quest RPG mm-hmm. to have.
0: All right, so um, I think we can probably go ahead and get into the Mario's unresolved business that we still need to talk about. So um, we had a f- we had a few other Mario announcements. Uh, we had the Mario Rabbids DLC, uh, The Last Spark Hunter?
2: Uh, yeah, um, I, uh, I was looking forward to that. Um, I played Sparks of Hope, mm-hmm. and I, I beat it uh, a little bit Same. after it came out. Uh, Mario, plus Rabbids, Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle is one of my favorite games on the Switch. I think it's fantastic. Um, I love the uh, sort of puzzle box style battles, and uh, I think it's just paced really well. Uh, it's a good length. And then the DLC was a whole second game. It was Donkey Kong themed. I think overall it was just a fantastic game and it looked gorgeous. The Sparks of Hope uh, sequel, I the way I feel about that game is that while I'm playing it, I really enjoy arranging and optimizing my sparks and you know shifting my team around for a certain battle. I always enjoy doing that. But while I'm not playing it, I feel kind of negatively about it because all I really remember and think about is just how much worse it looks than the first game in terms of like graphics and quality. There's, you know, trees and objects in the background will like flip between different levels of detail and just textures look very, you know, low quality. And I encountered a bug during my gameplay actually that prevented me from completing one of the quests and I was actually talking DMing with uh, David Soliani on Twitter letting him know uh, a bug report since I, I wasn't like part of the, the Discord or anything like that and uh, they came out with a an update that specifically fixed that bug uh, but the fix was preventing people from encountering it, not undoing and resetting for people who already experienced it. So uh, unless I want to start over entirely, uh, I'm completely locked out from 100 of that game, and so that really took the wind out of my sails. But I, you know, I beat the story, and you know, it's it's very different. Uh, the battle system is very different from the first game, which I think is really cool, and I like that they innovated on the combat system and made it more freeform. Um, but at the same time, it it feels a little bit less uh, precise and tactical than the first game Uh, and um, I think overall I after sitting on it for a while I have to say that I I still like the first game more Um, however I I did start the last Spark Hunter DLC yesterday and you know I'm enjoying it everything that I've described is not like keeping me from playing it and keeping me from enjoying it I'm always pretty good at looking around graphical issues and other things that don't directly affect uh, my interaction Mm -hmm. with the game mechanics partially why i was able to enjoy pokemon scarlet and violet so much but um i'll probably you know take my time with this and play other games in between and um, overall i'm i'm pretty glad that it that it came out i'm happy to play it but it's not something that i'm super hyped about uh like i was for the donkey kong dlc
0: that's fair. Game. I played through uh, Sparks of Hope. I obviously like made the ST on Family Boards for it. And I, I, I enjoyed it. Um I haven't touched the DLC yet, but um I might, especially when they come around with like the Rayman DLC.
2: You might enjoy it.
0: Yeah. I, I, I it's something that's not a priority, but if if I get the urge to go back into it, I wouldn't mind playing through the DLC.
2: I got the season pass as soon as it came out because I just I knew that I was gonna be yeah. you know, I wanted to be all in. And um, I've it's been so off my mind since then that I actually went to go buy the last Spark Hunter DLC because I forgot that I had already bought it. And then I saw it, I'd already purchased it. So, you know, that's, that's just how little mind share that the game has, has given.
0: Okay. That's fair for me. Um, had uh Volcanic or Irene had, had either of you played through Barrio Rabbids. Do you have thoughts on it?
1: Uh, I have never.
3: I still need to finish the first one. I I really like them both and give them recommendations. Not my own copy of Sparks of Hope waiting, looking at me, (laughs) disappointedly. I wonder which game is looking at me more disappointedly, Sparks of Hope or the Origami King? We'll find out. Origami King. Origami King,
1: definitely. (laughs) Um, I'm going
3: to have to turn it by Mario Fan Cap, but then I'll put it back on so that we can talk about the Market 8 Deluxe Booster Course Pass Wave 5.
0: There's a bathroom.
3: I've been hearing like leaks from Mario Kart Tour about the ba- about uh-huh. the bathroom course since like I think September. So really? yeah, no, this has been the concept of this be- of there being a bathroom course and some of the object in it has been like a known quantity for a long time now. So it's kind of surreal like actually seeing the bathroom. Is the bathroom
0: in the same house as, like, the bedroom, course? Is th- is there, like, a giant Mario house or just a house where they, like, shrink down? Like, what is the Mario lore?
3: Uh, it's actually the Pikmin 4 house. It, oh, no! You, you are, oh, no. You know, we're going to pretend. The lore. That, I'm going to pretend that they just had a bunch of bitty mushrooms and they went on this course and they're, they're having a good time. They're having a good time. That's I the next swear. game.
0: That is the next game we'll talk about. But anyway.
3: No, the bathroom course honestly does look really nice. They did a really good job of um, having an interesting layout and hitting all the fun parts of a bathroom. Like, you you know, you got the tub. You're going going down the toilet. You're going into, like, the sewers. There's even, like, a ring in the course that you drive past. You go on the shelving. There's a lot of great decorations. A lot of, uh, you know, the tiles in the back are themed after, uh, you know, the Mario 1 sprites. And because it is tiles, it actually is kind of like sprite work. You know, all the fun branding stuff. Um, And with, like, the shampoos and all of the bath products, it's a really fun-looking course, and given how good the uh, Yoshi's Island course was, and uh, how interesting uh, the currently tour exclusive, but probably coming to tour, Piranha Plant Cove looks, I think this will be a really, like, fun course to drive on, and I'm I'm really looking forward to trying it uh, once the DLC drops, probably sometime in July. Um,
0: I'll, I'll be honest and say that, like, I'm kind of past the point where I'm hyped about Mario Kart. Like, I, I like the games, like, the new course announcements and character announcements aren't really doing it for me like the way like Smash might, and I appreciate them, but it's just not the thing I look forward to in the directs right now.
3: Yeah, I don't know if I actively look forward to them as much, even as somebody who runs the ST, but when it happens, like, oh, hey, that's nice. And then I actually get my hands in it and I hear the wonderfully jazzy music and I play the chords and, like, oh, this is really great. It does kind of help that the patch, that the updates and the waves have just kind of been getting much better as they go on. Wave one was kind of weak, but then wave two was better. And then. Uh, wave 3 was pretty good, and then Wave 4 about rebalanced the game, and we got new ca- – starting to get new characters in the original course. So over time, this it feels like the scale has been, like, adjusted and grown, and the and the updates to the graphics have been, from Tor have been getting, like, stronger and stronger. So that's what makes me look forward to, like, these back half of Waves the most. The fact that once I get my hands in it and I play it, it's going to be really good. And, you know, at, you know, we got three new characters um, – Comic is finally in a console Mario Kart game. They've been, um, you know, that was the hopes of a lot of people since Comic was originally going to be in Mario Kart 64, but was cut. So having that here brought in from Tor, that's really cool. And there are two more slots, but uh, we'll talk about that later.
0: Okay. All right. Then uh, probably what is the main event, probably the game that the most people are talking about as far as the direct goes Super Mario Brothers Wonder, a new 2D Mario game. This was something that had been pretty rumored, and then uh, we it came out, we saw the trailer, and there was a lot to discuss about it.
3: Yeah, like, I can't believe how Nintendo just announced the game of the year just like that, coming out in less than four <laughs> months. People talking about Zelda? Nah, nah, that's Mario, Mario Wonder. It's gonna be, it's no wonder that it is such a great game. Okay, to be serious, though, wow. <laughs> what a what a trailer
1: (laughs) i'm just blown away i I, i'm so happy that like mario (laughs) is is weird again and mario is incoherent again and the thing about mario that clicks so hard uh, it clicks so hard with world it clicks with galaxy it clicks with odyssey it clicks with like 3d world and yeah everything uh is that mario makes sense because it doesn't make sense you know what i mean
0: That's well put. Yeah, Yeah, it's
1: like you're playing Super Mario World and it's like, oh, here's like an American football player, which makes sense because it doesn't make sense. And Mm -hmm. you have that moment in almost every frame with Super Mario Wonder, which makes me so excited for it and makes me look forward to it so much that it's like... Of course, the pipe is like acting like a snake because it doesn't make sense. And of course, everything Mm. is shadows because it doesn't make sense. And of course, this happened. And there's like rainbow bullet bills that are like, uh, (laughs) yeah, it's so, so good. Yeah.
2: I think my pie in the sky dream for first party release before the end of the Switch generation was a 2D Mario game. Uh, I just, I always felt like that would be the perfect thing to cap it off, you know, not that it's necessarily the end, but it just is the last puzzle piece to make the switch library feel like fully robust. That's what we needed. Uh, And so to see that trailer ended out, uh, end out the direct was like, it was, it was really nice to see Uh, my very first console video game ever was super mario world for the super nintendo and that game brought so much joy to me uh and this this feels like it's carrying on the spirit of the wacky um you know football players yeah and exactly the la- lava dragons yeah uh, for kind sure. of experience uh, so it's really exciting to me yeah to see that.
1: i Totally agree what you mean with now the Switch library is like not complete but almost complete because every franchise it feels that Nintendo has ever had has had at least one like seminal definitive game on the Switch where Fire Emblem got three houses and uh, uh, Pikmin got, it's now getting Pikmin four and Zelda got Tears of the Kingdom and Breath of the Wild and 3 New Mario got Odyssey and uh, Smash got Metroid got Metroid, Smash got Smash Ultimate, and so on and so forth. So we have now waited for 2D Mario to get that seminal, definitive game. And Mario Wonder looks like it can definitely be that. It will definitely be that.
3: Yeah. Um, Just the visual refresh alone is just so astounding. They really decided, hey... Um, rather than going for the pure model approach that the new Super Games did. And it, they look fine, you know, the character models, but they look very, oh yeah, we're trying to animate a a, th- a 3D character in a 2D space, having to make poses and adjust for that, the slower animation timings so have to make it feel more natural. And yeah, it does look fluid. Um, I don't really think when I'm playing, oh yeah, this doesn't look right. But it definitely uh, is more wrote definitely feels something that was started on the DS in 2006 and kind of just was maintained and fleshed out and growed from that, but still kept relatively standard. And then New Super Mario Brothers became effectively the Mario brand and all the games sort of blended together. But this game is like, no, 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 no. We're still going to use 3D. We're still going to use 3D character models, but we're going to pose them as if they were the 2D sprites. We're going to proportion them more like the 2D sprites. And we're going to adjust the proportions of all the characters to make them read better for playability, to get them to be more scaled with each other, which we especially see with the princesses. And we'll talk about the fact that the princesses are in this game in a little bit more, because that's it's in and of itself is exciting. But I'm looking at these at these clips, and they give Mario and Pause such clear Keyframes, such di, but also just such dynamic and so um, whimsical of an animation style, right? So, it really, is that great blending of style and substance? All of the animations are super clear and super distinct, so you always know what Mario was doing and all that kind of stuff. Even small things like oh. Mario now has a separate animation for when he lightly jumps off of an enemy versus bounces high off of a spring or off of an enemy, which isn't a new concept. Donkey Kong Country, the uh, the rare, the, sorry, the uh, retro games did that, but to see it done in Mario with such like fun and charm alongside everything else and all of the other animations and poses for like enemies and stuff being really adjusted, not just to make sense for the gameplay and to emphasize certain things, but just to be like really stylish. It it, it feels like it's something that's been really missing from the 2d entries for a long time. And I am delighted that we're getting that kind of quality. It honestly looks really sunny and it looks effortless too. Like it's, Almost, Nintendo makes it look easy, how good, when really they probably were trying to do, probably really took a lot of time messing with the proportions, messing with the scale, trying to get the posing just right, which you can do because this is 2D, but still with models. But now having the advantages of having models alongside them, having these strong 2D fundamentals, just really, really good looking game.
1: Yeah, and it's, uh, (laughs) did you notice the mouth he has? When mm-hmm. the jumping animation he has like a separate little mouth that's
3: what it's like the side mouth the yeah. side mouth for the running is cute yeah the side it's mouth great.
1: from the from the jump from the <laughs> from the jumping animation, I thought that was just this like little detail that does so much for overall impression of the animations
0: yeah like I have surprisingly little i think to say about the trailer in general just it looks really good like i appreciate the art style it looks like it's going to be fun it looks like there's going to be all sorts of unexpected mechanics which i love that's the like best thing about mario for sure yeah and uh they I mean, yeah like you said they showed off a uh, playable peach playable daisy i think based off of that there are going to be other playable characters like i don't think that's confirmed in any way and they've showed like the box heart and daisies on it but just the idea that at the end of the trailer, they showed, like, Mario, Luigi, Toad, and Peach hitting the thing. So there's more characters than can be on screen at once. And so that kind of implies to me there may be other new characters.
3: My gut feeling is that if there are playable characters and they're not introducing any new ones, I feel like Blue Toad is going to be, like, a toggleable option like New Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe. I mean, yeah. they, they did put the Blue Toad they have options on the, for on the, the Yoshis, cover. And, yeah, the four-color Yoshis are there. But I feel like if there's going to be, like, an unlockable unlockable, uh, I'm going to call a prage from our good friend uh, Mondo Mega, who was talking about the Super Nintendo world and how, oh, the six playable characters match the six power-up bands that they currently sell, and how currently there are plans to do a couple more Mario character power-up bands, namely Toda and Rosalina. I don't know if they're going to put more characters, but if they are, those two would probably be the ones that I would expect them to do if they are doing lockables. Yeah. But I also wouldn't be surprised if it's just the six that we have, plus the, you know, and all the Yoshis, and then they're done.
0: Yeah, it could go either way. It's like the extra styles in Mario Maker that was one style. Oh, but, Yeah, but, um, yeah, Rosalina's probably the safest bet. You could have some outside, the characters with outside shots, like maybe Pauline or Waluigi. But, um, I would say, yeah, Toadette and Rosalina are the safest bets.
3: And uh, from there, what else do I have to say? Um, Actually, I want to touch on something that you mentioned before, West Egg. The, the fact that Mario is often the best when it just throws ideas at you. And this is something I highly agree with. And it's something that a lot of the strongest Mario games are just really known for. Especially the more recent 3D entries where you're just getting idea after idea after idea. Concept after concept after concept. Um, here's Mario playing with a new mechanic. Here's a new stage mechanic. Here's all of that kind of stuff. And I will say that was a feeling that I was starting to lose with the new Super Mario games. They're all still really strong games, but yeah, I pl- like a few years ago, I pl- I was playing through most of the Mario games again um, during lockdown. And I played Mario you – know, I played New Super Mario Brothers Wii. Then I played New Super Mario Brothers 2. Then I played New Super Mario Brothers U relatively back-to-back. And I couldn't help shake the feeling when playing you that I was like, oh – Most of these mechanics and ideas were already done in Wii, and it's not really bringing that much fresh to the table. And I don't even just mean, like, the visuals and the music. Even, like, the level mechanics, certain things that are being based off, it really does feel like, oh this is more of a refresh or a remix of what we just did than something that really feels like they're doing a bunch of new ideas and again couple that with the look of the game of the new super games being just the mario brand at this point point. and it really was that idea of oh this game kind of is just feeling safe little by the numbers this game says, hey, uh, we're going to have this mechanic where every level there's this weird flower you pick up and we're just going to throw a new idea at you. Moving pipes, um, lights on, lights off, uh, stretchy, ca- stretchy characters, spe- timer challenges, enemy rushes, all of those different kinds of things, baking those into the levels. And yeah, that that's Mario throwing a bunch of weird and wacky ideas yeah. consistently at you to just make just give you something fun to sink your teeth into. And the level design in general does look pretty good. I like a lot of the new enemies and gimmicks that they're showing besides just the Wonderflower. But the Wonderflower really is that highlight of, oh, they're really pushing that sort of Mario, let's get weird, let's throw ideas at you, let's be earnest about it, and let's have fun philosophy that the a lot of the other games like really embrace. And that really gets me excited.
1: Ideas and Mario, there are like, different types or different approaches on how you throw ideas at the player where in 3D world you had like one idea per level that's executed upon the concept it twists on the concept etc and so there's different amount of that ideas 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 design philosophy I feel and the games that go furthest with that philosophy I feel that's Galaxy mm-hmm. where Every planet, sometimes every planet has a separate idea. So you go through ideas like in a matter of minutes or maybe even in a matter of seconds. And I hope Mario Wonder really matches Galaxy in that maybe when you touch the Wonderflower, you will get like new ideas at like every frame, maybe to really, really, really lean in onto the idea assault idea.
3: It's so exciting to just see. 2d mario really just go for that again
0: yeah uh so overall i think it was a pretty good direct I, uh, everyone else kind of just enjoyed where nintendo's heading towards the end of the year
3: i got like four mario games announced so like i mean obviously that was the best direct of all time wasn't the most balanced direct probably but uh, i mean i'm still happy so i'll I, i'll take what i can get
0: i liked it yeah it, again i don't think every direct no, no direct is perfect but this one had things i liked and overall i'm not going to nitpick it too much
2: uh, I felt like ten percent of it was like mind-blowingly exciting, awesome dream game announcements, and then the other ninety percent was just meh.
1: <laughs> yeah, for me it was a surprising direct for because I was out of the rumor mill a bit, so didn't know about of two D Mario and didn't know about Super Mario RPG. I was. Really satisfied with the the Direct on like a Mario point of view. Less satisfied from a Metroid point of view. Uh, (laughs) Tried a little bit inside. But
2: The good news about no Metroid Prime 4 is that it still leaves the possibility open for uh, Metroid Prime 4 being the first we see of uh, the next Mm -hmm. Nintendo consoles graphics.
3: 4k metroid metroid prime 4k someday someday (laughs) all right so
0: um uh, we'll go ahead and wrap up our discussion on the direct and um i did want to bring back the idea that this podcast is going to be kind of a collaborative effort between uh what we're doing here and the rest of the Fambi words community and so um we will have a thread available on the website where you can post questions and have discussion regarding the podcast Since we are obviously starting our first episode here, uh, we're going to be taking some questions from Josh5890 for today. But in the future, please be sure to uh, comment with your questions, and we'll definitely get to them on the show. So um, the first question we had from Josh was, with seemingly two character slots left for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, who is your dream character that you would love to see added? It can be a returning character or a newcomer.
1: I have the perfect suggestion, and it is Piantissimo. Oh, Bring him that's a good. In. That's a
2: deep cut. That that's is good. good that's great. Nice. Is that uh from
3: Sunshine? Yeah, it's the guy. Yeah, he, it's the guy that races you.
1: Sunshine. Just, that's a good one. Just for, for an odd pick, I think he would be a fun,
3: yeah, fun addition. And you could have like he'd be like another middleweight that's like the same stats as Mario to sort of mimic the fact that you know, oh, he raced Mario and used all his moves. I think that would be like a really fun addition. My edition is way more basic, but is all, but and is already a tour character, but it's kind of obligatory. Just give us Pauline. Please give us Pauline. She's right there. She, she, would she, be good, she's Yeah. you put her in you put her you she's in tennis. She's in golf. She's in soccer. Put her in. Please. Let her be the last big character of this DLC. I know you're probably gonna have to like make a separate outfit for like the bikes and stuff. Just put her in the pantsuit. Put her in the pantsuit for the <laughs> for the for the bikes and the ATVs. Keep her in the dress for the carts. Do it. Everyone will love it. I promise. Though if we're talking about the character who's not like already in tour, or whatever, I'm still kind of sad that they never put Cappy in to like any of these spinoffs. And I'd like to see Cappy driving a little car.
0: That'd be cute. Okay. Uh, Belly dream. Do you have a dream Mario Kart character?
2: Uh, yeah, Banjo. Ooh. Banjo's a Mario—that's that's a fun third-party pick. Banjo yeah. is uh, canonically in the same universe as Mario, <laughs> in my you know, really? in my opinion. Uh, yeah, uh, I think so that was intended. He, yeah, Banjo originally uh, debuted in uh, Diddy Kong Racing. Racing, yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, as as we know, Diddy Kong and Donkey Kong are in the Mario yeah, universe. Yeah, you can't argue so with that by extension.
3: I'm, I'm guessing uh, so is Conker is, isn't getting the uh, isn't getting uh, the invitation to uh, rejoin uh, the Mario extended universe. I guess.
0: Okay, so for my character, I'm going to go with one I actually kind of wanted for Smash Brothers, but I think maybe even better for Mario Kart, and that is the Umbrella Man from Hanafuda Karts. Whoa, huh? Right. Nice. I think that would be an amazing character. You like cel shade him like. Like, like obviously the art style of Hanafuda cards. May, like, I, I think it would be awesome.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure Mario Kart Tour has has cart pe- has at least a couple of cart pieces that are themed after like Mario based Hanafuda cards. Mm-hmm. So you bring you bring that character in, you bring in those cart pieces. I think you'd have something that like has a lot of fun synergy with it. That could be pretty neat.
0: Yeah, I, it's it would just be silly to see, but I, I think it would be like such a deep cut and it would educate people. That That's kind of, yeah, my dream character. But, um, okay, we, we we do have one more question from Josh, which is, after the recent Nintendo Direct, does Nintendo have enough software coming out to reach their goal of 15 million Switches sold this current year? As far, so 15 million is quite a bit for the, what, seventh uh, year, like financial year of a console. I think they've given it their best shot. They, like obviously Mario Wonder is gonna be a huge hardware mover probably. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom is also going to continue to push hardware.
3: I, I think they'll get close to it. I, I, I'm going to say that they will, but won't go too far over it. Yeah, this, the target, it's just kind of tough given like where they are. Mario, The Mario announcements, like Mario RPG Mar- and especially Mario Wonder are probably the closest they're going to get to it. Given that, you know, we've already done like two generations of Pokemon. We got two major Zelda, you know, we got two major Zelda games out of the way. And, you know, riding the success of the $1.3 billion movie and the opening of the theme park over in Hollywood, there's a chance that this could bring in a lot of new new blood. But at the same time, there also are probably a lot of people who like Mario who've already purchased a Switch. So, it'll be tough, but maybe you know the int- the fact that you know we have such a Nintendo's really pushing for that sort of multimedia oh here's the movie I'll go to the theme park oh and now come and play come and play our game you know maybe that will be exactly what they need but I do think it's going to be tough
0: yeah um if i like I th- I'm pretty sure the switch has since the Mario movie and tears of the kingdom come out have had two months where they've been the best-selling console in North, in North America tracked by Circana. And they've also been doing really good numbers in Japan that we know through Famitsu weekly reports. So I think they're really, they've really got the momentum to probably meet their goals if they can keep it up. And this holidays might
3: potentially be huge. Well, he hoping that, uh, Mario Wonder cl- climbs to uh, top 10 best-selling Switch games. Um, deserved. I don't see uh, how it doesn't. For what it will be will. the game of the generation. Clearly. Zelda who? Um, <laughs> but no, I do think it, at the very least it's going to sell a, t- a lot of units. A lot, a lot of units. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited to see where where it'll go. Will it outsell Spider-Man? I mean, maybe initially. That That's actually an interesting question because that game has both game both mario and the recent spider-man games have been ex- both been really successful so curious to see where that shakes out but it'll be but yeah i think in terms of game sales successful for everyone but yeah i'm i'm definitely at a wait and see approach when it comes to like hardware specifically
2: uh i'm i'm i have zero education on the subject okay uh, but i'm just gonna go ahead and say probably not uh um, sure. i think 15 million is like a a big uh, I like I don't know the history of of how well 2D Mario's tend to sell consoles I think I think Super Mario Bros Wonder will sell a ton very quickly um and uh since it is the holiday game it, it will likely sell a lot of consoles as well uh, but this late into the uh console's life cycle I think uh, so many people already have it but then again this, you know, there there are a lot of people who are probably waiting for a reason to upgrade to an OLED, and uh, those will also contribute to the overall switch sales. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I really have no idea, but I'm just gonna to estimate uh, that no, it 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 won't they won't hit 15 million, and uh, no, the Nintendo Switch will not outsell the PS2.
3: As a little bonus.
1: Yeah, I I.
3: Yeah, that's that's a long shot. Oh, sorry. Go on, Irene. Uh,
1: I think that, uh, that yes, it's true that uh, the Mario brand is on an all-time high right now, or one of the many all-time highs that the franchise has, franchise has had. But at the same time, it's like making these amazing Mario games are making people really excited about Mario. But I think six years into the Switch's life cycle, 90% of people who love Mario already have a switch so it could be a situation of like yes these games will sell a ton but they will only sell a ton to existing consoles and there has to be a cap somewhere or like there
0: yeah there there definitely is but i mean kids turn 10 every year like uh there's graduations just very christmases so on and so forth so there's always going to be some demand but i think you're right that it's it's definitely slowing down it's going to be interesting to see if it gets that far okay so um but that uh yeah we just went over some uh, questions we had from josh5890 which uh, in the future will be taking questions from the community so if you have any questions you'd like to see discussed on a future podcast Please just be sure to go to our thread on family boards, comment your question, and uh, it's good. We'll go ahead and get to it. So I think that does it for this episode of the podcast. Um, I wanted to, yeah, thank everyone for taking the time to talk with us. I think it went a little longer than we initially
3: expected. Sure. I mean, that's just what happens when Mario's here. Right? There's a lot to <laughs> yeah. talk
1: about. It's direct season. Of course, we are happy to talk. All right,
3: so that will do it for this
0: episode of the Family Boards Discussion Club. I wanted to thank everyone for tuning in and listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I think we had a lot of fun uh, discussing for you today. And if you did enjoy it, I did want to encourage you to leave a comment or a review for whatever platform you're listening to this on. Maybe uh, share it out between people you think may enjoy it because that will help the podcast grow a lot. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. Uh, hope to see you again in the future.
1: Yeah, super grateful for everyone who has been listening in on the podcast. It was a lot of fun to talk to Rex, as it always is. And uh, bye for now.
2: Yeah, thanks for listening in. This has been really fun for me, uh, kind of getting to talk to my fellow family members. Um, yeah, looking forward to the future of this podcast.
3: Mm -hmm. likewise I'm really excited for future episodes really excited to have yet another reason to talk about Mario with everyone and have some fun with the community and just have a good old time so take care everyone peace out family boards Bye -bye. bye bye